0: Well, good morning. This is awesome. When I thought about what uh, this would look like, I pictured maybe a few chairs of maybe just a staff and a few people like right here, so this is awesome. Uh, I may have to take a picture of this from this angle. Uh, it's so good. Welcome to the yard. Uh, this is a blessing that we get to be here uh, this morning. That we, uh, like Blake has already said, the church uh, is the people; it is not uh, the building. And so, it is—it's just awesome that we get to uh, to gather here together. So, when I was thinking through, so we are not continuing in Acts today. It's going to be a uh, one-off sermon, which for me is more difficult uh, because at least when you're following expository preaching, you know what you're going to preach each week. And this is. Just a wild card, and so I was asking the Lord uh, to pull something out. Now it would be very easy being here uh, at the yard to pick a sermon uh, that has something to do with uh, strength or lift, you know, so has anybody here used artificial intelligence for anything or played around with it? Okay, there are really good things you can do with it. I talked to a lot of my students who are using it uh, for good things, Uh, for research. uh, I like to just use it for dumb stuff. And one of the things I said was, "Give me a, uh, give me if we were to have a service here at the refuge or at uh, the yard, for the refuge, uh, what would it be called?" Uh, the f- the five examples were the Yard of Faith, Gospel Gains. That was pretty good, I thought. Sanctified Strength Yard Edition, Heavenly Hustle. It's dumb. Uh, Biblical Bodybuilding at the Yard. So y'all can decide which one we want to call that. And then I asked it for five more sermon titles. Uh, this was my own. I said, lift his name on high. Good night. It said, flexing faith, cardio for the soul, running the race of faith, protein for the spirit, nourishing your faith muscles, holy CrossFit, <laughs> exercising your faith in everyday life. Uh, None of these I will be using. In fact, we will not be doing anything having to do with that. We're actually, if anything, talking about weakness today, uh, but more specifically, prayer. And I was just talking to a few of y'all this morning who are sitting. Uh, these chairs, I think, are probably more comfortable. Nah, are they more comfortable than the refuge? I don't know. So I see that rocker right there. That's definitely more comfortable. Um, but I'm going to be preaching on prayer today. Uh, I'm sitting uh, because last week uh, at our... uh, kickball game for students. I thought I would go out there and end up tearing my ACL. So that was great. So I'll be sitting with you today. Uh, But today we're gonna be talking about prayer. Uh, And my uh, imperfect title for this is prayer. His power made perfect through weakness. Come to your Lord with humility and boldness through Jesus. Has anybody here been down a good rabbit hole lately? Like in study or just on the internet uh, or on YouTube or any, is anybody, am, am I alone on this? Anybody else? Just go down, you start one place and then you end up going down the rabbit hole. I see some of you conspiracy theorists out there. I get it. Uh, my most recent one was what's called the Mandela Effect. Has anybody heard this before? So the Mandela effect uh, originated around Nelson Mandela, who people, so the Mandela effect overall is something that society believes, uh, just in general, society believes this, but it's not actually true. So for example, Nelson Mandela, uh, who here thinks he died like a long time ago? Okay, well, my point does not make sense. Most people believe he died a long time ago. He actually died in 2013, but here's a few others that maybe will blow your mind. Uh, anybody remember the Bernstein Bears? So it's actually the Bernstein Bears, but we all remember Bernstein. I know there's gonna be a lot of what? No, fact check me. Kit Kat, hyphen or no hyphen? Who says hyphen? Who says no hyphen? Okay, good, y'all passed that one. No hyphen for that. Think of the Monopoly man in your mind, the Rich Uncle penny bags. Uh, you know that monocle? It's not there. He does not have a monocle. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, uh, you know that protruding Adam's apple that he has? It's also not there. These are just some weird ones. Um, this one blew my mind. The cornucopia on the Fruit of the Loom underwear, or underwear logo. Yes, we're talking about underwear from the pulpit. Welcome to refuge. You know that cornucopia that's behind it? Never existed. That, to me, blew my mind. Looney Tunes is actually not T-O-O-N-S. It's T-U-N-E-S. Uh, and then y'all remember coming home from school and eating Tostino's pizza rolls? Remember those? Some of you still feed them to your kids. It's Totino's. What? What? I don't get it. Anyway, so that was a rabbit hole that I went down. Thank you for joining me in this. But I want to bring you along on a different rabbit hole, a spiritual rabbit hole that I went down. So as I was prepping for this, this sermon, uh, I was at, honestly just in a spiritual rut. Uh, has anybody been there before just in like where reading the Bible, prayer uh, just feels like you're drudging through it sometimes. And, you, and we don't like to admit it as, as Christians. We should, we're always supposed to be on fire, right? Well, I was in a rut, and here I am having to preach in a couple weeks. And I'm asking the Lord, God, just give me something that your people need to hear, but also do this in me. So what I did was I went on a rabbit hole. Uh, started in the Bible. A good place to start and just said Lord take me where you want me to go start in one verse that's cross reference to here going here going here going here and I did it for about two hours of just going wherever the spirit led and it ended the whole the whole intertwining theme for the whole time was prayer and it ended with me sitting having studied this and reading the word and praying and feeling uh, you know, just great. I felt better. I felt like God was kind of taking me out of this, this rut or I was getting there. But then I was sitting in my car about to go home and I was like, you know what? I just need to sit in silence and pray. How many of y'all have done that recently of just actually setting aside everything just in silence and in prayer? In a busy world, we don't do that a lot. And then my prayers came down to God, thank you. God, help me. And I said, I'm just listening. And then I just shut up. I just let him speak. And what I felt the, the spirit uh, pouring over me was just this love of the Father. Just this overwhelming love of the Father as I'm just sitting there in silence. And what I felt like he was reminding me of, and this was a very clear message, was that before I'm a pastor, before I'm a husband, before I'm a father, before I'm a church member, I'm a child. I'm a child of God. I'm a beloved child of God, and I need him. It's very clear. So that's my one message to y'all today. Trust me, there's a longer sermon, but that's my one message to you today. Before you are anything, husband, wife, mother, father, worker, church member, serving, you are a child of God, a beloved child of God that needs your father needs your Father. So today, that's my one goal. And I, believe, I truly believe that's what the Lord wants you to hear today. The reason that you are here today is to hear that, just to return to Him in prayer. Return to the Lord in prayer. So I'll ask you uh, a couple questions to start off. What have your conversations been like lately with God? Not just study, study, uh, not just a, like a, a maybe it's a prayer before bed, but what have your conversations been like? How often have you prayed lately? Are you pouring out your heart to God? And I ask these not in shame or condemnation, because we all go through those times. I feel that a lot. You know what my two my job description as a pastor is? Two things: ministry of the word and prayer. So when I don't pray. I'm like failing half, half of what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm with you in this. Uh, so please hear this as an invitation to prayer. So what is prayer? I cannot assume that we all know what is prayer. The Westminster Larger Catechism, uh, 178, asked this very question, stating in response, prayer is the offering up of our desires unto God in the name of Christ, by the help of the Spirit, with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. So this comes from Psalm 62, verse 8. And I'm going to be bouncing around, so I'm actually not, you, don't, you can just listen. You don't need to follow along in the Bible. If you want to write these down, great. But, but this catechism comes from uh, Psalm 62, verse 8, which says, Trust him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Trust, I'm going to read that one more time. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So prayer is talking with God. Great, Pastor. I came all this way. I brought my stuff, brought my chair to tell me that prayer is talking with God. Get it. But that's what it is. Talking with God. So a common question I hear, which is a valid question, you might be asking, how do I hear back from God? So if it's truly a conversation, we're talking with God, how do I hear back from God? Be very careful when you hear, God told me X, when you hear that. Even when I said earlier, you should be questioning that on when I was sitting in my car and I felt the spirit telling me, uh, inviting me to prayer and telling me that I'm his child. We always should be checking this because the way we hear back from God is through his word. Saint Cyprian of Carthage, excuse me, famously said, "Be constantly committed to prayer and to the reading of the Scripture. By praying, you speak to God; in reading, God speaks to you. By praying, you speak to God; in reading, God speaks to you." So again, I told you, my my one message to you is to talk with God this morning, at all times. This is your chance to talk with your creator, with the one who made you. So we talk to him, and then he speaks back to us. I heard from God through his word. If it's anything else, you got to be testing through the word. Uh, Some examples I hear, you know, is God told me I need to date this woman. Did you ask the woman? Did she hear that too? I don't know. Go look at the word, get back to me. A great way to do this in our GC, uh, we're going through a book called Praying the Bible. And uh, it's just talking about praying through the word. Uh, but one thing I liked about it, uh, that was talking about this conversation with God. Here's an example. If you, if you want to take this away today, go to Psalm one read verse 1. That's God speaking to you. That's the start of a conversation. God is speaking to you, Psalm one You take that in, pray it back to him, whatever is on your heart. That is what God is after. What is on your heart? You, you get it all out. Talk to him. Then how do we hear back? Go to verse two. See what God says back to you. And then the Bible becomes this conversation. Yes, study it. Yes, put it in context. But ultimately, this is our creator talking to us. I love the way that John Piper says, uh, prayer is a walkie-talkie for warfare, not a domestic intercom for our conveniences. See out on the battlefield, you need constant communication. It's not just a send up a letter to God, hope it gets answered, wait a while, maybe he'll email me back. Maybe he's busy. He is busy. But it's talking with God because he we hear back through His Word. So that's how we hear back from God. I want us. I want us to shift into this great mystery. This was something that the Lord uh, brought out this week, this past two weeks uh, as I'm studying, was this great mystery of prayer and what this is, this, this mystery of where heaven and earth meet. See, prayer shapes us around what God's will is. God's already doing a work. This is shifting us around what he's doing, but yet there's this relational, uh, there's this relationship with him in this. So how does that work? If he's already gonna do his will, What's the point in us praying? Well, we can't go through a sermon about prayer without what did Jesus say in the the Lord's Prayer. But I want to look at it a little differently. I know that we've, uh, I think it was maybe before even I got to refuge, but we did a few sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. But this one just smacked me in the face this week and how cool this is. So we all know the Lord's Prayer. If anybody's played football, you mumble it a few times and you're good. Uh... But we're gonna we're gonna break this down very quickly. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. So stop there. Where's the focus right now in that first part of the of the prayer? It's on God, right? So heaven, our Father in heaven, He is so far above, He is so high, He is so holy, He is in He is in heaven. And we're asking, your will be done. We're asking, it's all about him, your kingdom come. And then this is where there's that connection on earth, in Memphis, here in Arlington. There's a connection. So first, we set him as high. We're talking to him. God, we are seeking you. But then what is the next part, the connection of on earth, as it is in heaven? Then what's the rest of it, for those of you who know it? What's it focused on from there? What's that? It's all about us, right, of what we need. So God is, is both trying to get us to see him as holy, see him as righteous, see him as big. And then there's this connection of on earth as it is in heaven, and then it's give us, give us, forgive us. So there's this connection. Do y'all see what I'm talking about here? There's, there's a, a good, gracious, holy, set-apart God who is bigger, who knows all the needs that you have, and we're focused on him and then there's our needs, but then it's all meets together on earth as it is in heaven, through prayer. That to me is mind-blowing that he gets to we get to talk with him, we get to give him our requests, and there's nothing too big or too small for God. What is it today that you need to see his kingdom here on earth in your life? What is that this morning? You know I think of the Has anybody here been to the Sistine Chapel? A couple people. So you know that the picture, this is going to show my ignorance of, I've been there, I forgot. But you know there's a picture of of heaven, or of God almost touching, uh, was that that Leonardo? Anyway. Uh, Yeah, so there's this picture of God almost touching man. Michelangelo, thank you. Uh, And that's incomplete. Because there is this, this idea of God reaching down and man almost reaching him. But the thing is, as Christians, we have that connection. It's already been here. We already that, that should be this locking of hands through Jesus. He was the one who came. He was the God-man. And so there's this heaven-earth meeting in the person of Jesus. So we are invited, Christian, to pray, to experience this, to experience prayer, to experience heaven meeting earth. And if you haven't done that yet, he's inviting you this morning. He's inviting you this morning. Also, Christian, it is expected. Prayer is expected. Don't take my words. In Matthew, Jesus himself says, and when you pray. Matthew 6 6, when you pray. And when you pray. Pray then like this. It's assumed. Ask, seek, knock. Why is it expected? When, I, when you hear expected, we often think like, oh, it's another thing on the to do list, right? It's something that is required but it's so much more than that. Prayer is something that we get to do because our Father delights in communing with us. And Jesus himself expects us to, why? Because he knows we need it. You need prayer. What about Jesus himself? Jesus himself went away to pray. Are you better than Jesus? Do you not need it as much as Jesus? He's the one who didn't need anything, but yet he still went away and prayed. How much more do we need prayer? What about when we don't pray? What are we saying to God uh, when we don't pray? Uh, I want you to listen to this story that I heard this past week. a story of a young boy who found himself in a car with his mother. Uh, This is before seatbelts. He was in the back seat, and as boys tend to do, he found himself getting restless. I'm looking at you, Oliver and Augie. He started to get restless, so he was up and down, moving around in the car. His mother, of course, told him he needed to sit down. Finally, after repeated requests and repeated refusals, his mother felt the need to stop the car and exercise appropriate discipline. She then got him back in his seat and set off down the road again. A few seconds later, the boy mumbled from the back seat, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. How often are we like that? In prayer in religious duties. It's like we do them, but what is your heart, what is the inside, just like this boy was saying. I may be sitting down on the outside, but on the inside, I'm standing up. See, God wants our heart. You're hearing me say this multiple times because it's true. Again, you're invited back to prayer and God wants your heart in prayer. But when we don't pray, what are we actually saying to God? When you don't pray, what are you saying to God? Make no mistake, we are always worshiping, we are always talking, and when we don't pray, what we're essentially saying is, God, I got this, I don't need you. You ever thought about that? That when we do not pray, we're saying, God, I got this, I don't need you. Now, let me put that positively. When we do pray, we're saying, God, I need you. Dad, I need you. That's how the Bible, that's the language the Bible uses, Abba, Father, that's Dad, Dad. That's, a, that's, a, that's an intimate, God, I need you. Dad, I need you. So turn to him today. Some of the most powerful prayers can be short prayers. Dad, help. That says, Dad, I need you. Thanks. It's so a good prayers. I think I've told this story from the pulpit before, but, you know, when I was a little kid, uh, I think I was like five or six years old, my mom told me that uh, God is always in your head. I'm like, wait a second. Like, he hears everything? Any of y'all had that re- realization? I was like, I've said some bad things in my head, right? I've said some bad things to God in my head, but I didn't say it out loud, so it doesn't matter, right? I've said some bad things here. You mean he hears all my cuss words that you don't think I know? Uh, yes, yes. I was, that was the resounding, yes, I do. So I was terrified at first. But then God flipped that in, in my mind that he knows our thoughts. He knows your thoughts. He knows all of those thoughts. Yes, those thoughts. And he loves you still. You thought about that? He loves you still even in the midst of those thoughts, the worst ones you can think of, in the midst of your worst actions. He still loves you. And even better than that, you have constant access to him through prayer. How awesome is that? 1 Thessalonians 5.16, great verse on prayer. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. How often? Seeing if anybody's awake. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. How many? In what? All. Thank you. For this is the will of God, in Christ Jesus for you rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you he's with you my friends at all times he's with you right now if you want to tune me out and you want to start praying praise God do that please but he's with you right now we'll close with our what is our posture in prayer this was the biggest theme that came out to me. Hebrews four sixteen says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. How do we have this confidence? Well, we come to the throne in humility you need him. Whether you recognize that or not, you need him. But we can also go with confidence. I think Blake was just talking about this bold, I think in his prayer, he was talking about boldness and I, we didn't plan this, but that was, that's what jumped out to me this week. We approach him with boldness because we're going in Jesus' name. If you went to God with your name, nothing. We're lucky that we aren't just wiped out dead if we go in our own name. But if you go in Jesus' name, the veil is torn, my friends. We get full access to God. Full access to God through Jesus. So we can both go with humility and we can go with confidence. Now I want us to think about something. What's what's a common way that we end a prayer? Give me an example. Okay, I hear amen. What was was another one? In Jesus' name. Good. Good. And we thought about what truly that means. When we pray and we're asking something in Jesus' name, sometimes that brings some uh, conviction to me when I pray over something and I'm like, should I really have used Jesus' name over that parking spot? You know, should I have used his name when I just want a day to go well? It's like, well, yes. Because the Bible says that when you ask anything in my name, in his will, and believe you've already received it, you have that. So there's nothing too big or too small. But when we pray in Jesus' name, what we're doing, it's not just a way to close off a prayer. If you don't say that, it's not a magical thing. So if you don't say in Jesus' name, Christian, it's okay because you have the spirit inside of you. Jesus, the spirit is in you. So you don't have to, it's not a magic thing. But when we do pray in Jesus' name, what we're saying is that we are trusting in his saving work that the Lord Jesus is the sole ground that we get to go to the Father, to have access to the Father. This is the gospel. This is the gospel that it's not on us. I cannot go to the Father. I cannot. On my own merit, I cannot go to him. We could never go to God on our own name. We could not go on our own merits. You cannot do enough. You cannot have a good enough week reading your Bible, praying, exercising all the disciplines, and now I get to go to God? Nope. You can have the worst week, the farthest week. That's where I was, if I'm being honest with you. I didn't want to read my Bible. I didn't want to pray. I did it. But I was that kid. I'm sitting down on the inside, or I'm standing up on the inside. But when I turned to him, and I was like, it's not on Paul Dacus. It's on Jesus. It's through Jesus that I get to enter into the throne room. And what a privilege that is. That we get to draw near to the throne of grace, but more so with confidence. We get to turn to him in confidence. This is the gospel. So if you hear nothing else, that is, that is the gospel, that God is too holy. He is set high and lifted up above all things. We cannot even look to him. We cannot even see him because he is that holy. We are too sinful Nothing that we can do can measure up to get us there, get us to that level. But we have a person, we have a mediator that is in between us and God. You need that person. If you're hearing this for the first time, I see some fresh faces. I can't assume that you don't know this, but you cannot get there. You need Jesus. You need a mediator between you and God. And he has come, and he lived perfectly. Thousands of people saw him, could not find fault He lived perfectly. He died the death that you deserve. And then most importantly, he rose again, and he is alive. Make no mistake, he is alive right now. He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And why is that important? Why is that important? It's because he is interceding for you right now. Christian, he is interceding for you right now. So get that picture in your mind too when we pray. In Jesus' name, there is power in the name of Jesus. That we're saying, in your name, seated next to the Father, I am, I'm with him. I'm not with me. I'm with him. Are you trusting in yourself today? Are you trusting in Jesus? We can only close by saying in Jesus' name. When we're, what we're truly saying is that we are approaching through him boldly to the throne. And when you have that, you have confidence. It's an awesome, awesome thing to think on, to meditate on. Coming to God with this approach is not a way. It's the way. It's the only way. And I want you all to hear this just one more time, that I, I truly, I've prayed through this. I joked about AI. You'll never have a pastor that uses any sort of AI. All these sermons that you hear from Scott, from, from the other Paul, from, from Blake, these have been prayed through, and I prayed this over y'all. And I truly believe that you're here sitting in these comfy chairs today just to hear the Lord say, return to me. Return to me with all your heart. That's all throughout the Old Testament. Come to me with all your heart. Pray to him. Talk to him. And believe the gospel that you get to go to him. I'll close this today with just a couple uh, simple prayers. If you're like, that's great. I don't even know what to pray about. Start here. Father, help. Or just help. such a powerful prayer. Help. It says, God, I need you. Dad, I need you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for waking me up. It shows gratitude. This is one of my favorite. Just when you don't know what to pray, holy, holy, holy. It gives him glory. It sets him high above Sets him in his righteous place, which is the Lord of your life, the Lord over all. Holy, holy, holy. And the last prayer I'll say that that may help. Actually, it's not may help, it does help. But even the name Jesus. Just the name Jesus. It's, this is not a coincidence, and you all know, y'all know I, there is no coincidences, but the one song that I asked for us to, to sing today in close is uh, I Speak Jesus. That's what we're going to sing uh, right now or soon. And uh, it's because of this, this closing, that is one of the most powerful things that you can pray is just asking Jesus. Again, we're going through him. And then today I came in, and uh, there's a, there's a, um, a t-shirt right here that uh, Sue Ann Sally brought to me and all the elders Uh, And it just says, actually here, I'll show, well, you can't read it anyway, but it just says on the front, I speak Jesus. So I'm taking that as spiritual alignment, that today we're going to speak Jesus. And if y'all would with me, even just right now, just say the name of Jesus out loud. Say it again. One more time. Sit in that name. The name above all names the one that we have access to the Father through. He's inviting you this morning to return to him in prayer. Whatever that looks like this week, whatever you are bringing in, whatever this week looks like, yes, even in those frustrations when you've just cussed out a coworker, uh, when you have gotten frustrated with your kids, turn to him. When you've committed that sin, turn to him. The enemy wants to keep you away through prayer. Those deepest, darkest things and even those best things turn to him in prayer. He is open-armed waiting for you. I'll end with this quote uh, that I thought was good from Max Licato. Uh, Don't cancel me. I don't know his theology, but he did say something uh, I thought was very good. He said, our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble, but the power of the prayer is in the one who hears it and not the one who says it. I want to close us in prayer. And I'm going to just slow things down. I'm going to read this verse. And I want you to just sit and pray for a minute. So if you would close your eyes, bow your heads. Take a deep breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Talk with your creator. You can. If nothing else, just say Jesus. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Come to him in weakness for he is strong. Child of God, you are weak. but Through Jesus, you are strong. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Father, we thank you for the gift of prayer. God, who are we that we get to commune with you? Father, thank you for the reminder that we get to come back to you no matter how far off we were or even if we are tight with you right now that it is not based on us, Lord. Thank you that it is not based on me, but on the precious and powerful name of your Son. Jesus, thank you for saving us. Thank you for sending your Son, Lord Jesus, to to pay the price, to pay the debt that we could not pay. Father, help help Father thank you Holy 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 are you Lord It's in the mighty perfect righteous, powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.